0: My first coaching client canceled on me within an hour of saying, like, yes, let's do this. What? <laughs> so it's, like, it's, like, it's like, that could have been, you know, I'm, I'm euphoria. Yes, it actually, I can do this. Like, this is going to work to, oh, my gosh, this is going to be <laughs> like, perfect. You know what I did? I, I, okay, what happened there? What changed? How do I, how do I learn how to, how to approach this kind of thing? I called my coach at the time. Hey, first client said yes. And then he said no. You know why he said no? Because the moment he said yes, I was like, energetically, no, no way. He's not going to pay me. for this. Wow. this is crazy. And so I, I'm sure he could felt, feel that energetic shift. So he said no. And then I learned and I, I, I grew from that of, okay, perfect. What are the things that, that when people are excited about this but they have reservations, what typically holds them back? and I learned how to have conversations about that and it made me better going forward at having conversations about creating new business in the coaching context
1: Hello friends family my name is JJ Ocon José Ruescas I am the host of Optimizing Me or Optimizando me in Spanish A show where we invite top performers from different areas, different industries to learn from their story, their success, their failures, and mostly from their mindset and how they overcome um, obstacles and learn lessons along the way. Our guest today is super hard to box in a single category because he's at the very intersection of many. He's a polymath who dives into psychology, habit creation, personal growth, wellness, meditation, coaching, leadership, and more. He started his career as a commodity trader. And after a decade of doing that, he changed his path. And thanks to that, now thousands of people receive the direct positive impact of that decision. Our guest is also the author of the 2016 book, Meditation. What, why, and how to meditate. Hint, breathing. Breath out. He, with a smile on his face and zest for life, he's a professional optimizer with a mission to train heroes. And we're going to talk about that today. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to the chief of staff and head coach at Heroic, Michael Balchon.
0: Thank you so much. Dude, I, what, a, what a beautiful. By the way, I, I kept, um, when I was looking forward to doing this, I kept just repeating in my head, optimizando me. I was like, there's no shit. <laughs> Let's go, like, full on. Um, so what a beautiful introduction. Um, I'm grateful to be here. i grateful to be part of, of your life, your community's life. Um, loved the brief interaction we had, too, um, with, with I know who else is there with you. So fired up and hoping to uh, dive deep here.
1: Great. Thank you. I'm also super fired up. So let's start helping the audience to understand who is Michael and what does it mean to be a leader or a hero coach in this case. We're, we're going to dive deep. Into that.
0: Yeah. So, and I love that you took, you know, it's so funny, the meditation book. I don't think I've, I've thought about that in a long time. Uh, meditation has been huge in my journey. It, it was so impactful for me. I was like, this is, this subject has been so wrapped in mysticism and, and weirdness. Like, let's just simplify it for folks. That was 2016. Um, obviously, a lot has happened between now and then. You've got Headspace. You've got Waking Up. You've got Calm. Everything that's bringing meditation mainstream. Um, so it's funny to hear that just in the intro of like author of meditation. I was like, oh, I kind of forgot about that one. Um, but you know, I started my career as a commodity trader, as you mentioned. Um, graduated from school, went into finance. It was fun. It was amazing. Ha- fast-paced, high-energy, Awesome. And I really early on recognized that I needed to be cautious about what I was spending my time and energy and attention and, and focus on, because with that high testosterone, high energy, high endorphin, etc., cetera, a lot of burnout, a lot of um, people who weren't taking care of themselves, a lot of relationships that struggled. And so I, I thought, how do I perform at a really, really high level at my job, but also be a good human and take care of my body and make sure that this isn't causing kind of long-term consequences so I started getting into personal development um, found Brian Johnson um, creator of optimize founder and CEO of heroic um, and really was was such a blessing to get access to more wisdom and less time as is the catchphrase I wanted to do all these things right this this polymath interest in habits and, and as interested in peak performance and the typical, like, go, 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 figure it out, um, very alpha-driven, as I was in spirituality, as I was in kind of the softer, non-science realm. Um, and this intersection of all these different ancient wisdom, modern science, faith traditions, um, positive psychology, et cetera... That Brian has distilled in those philosophers' notes, like the collection of wisdom. Boom, here it is. I really soaked that up. I took it in. I used it in my own life, and then eventually was able to start supporting other people with all that content as well.
1: How is it that you got into into well? How is it that you decided to leave the commodity trading uh, lifestyle? Because maybe it was very you know easy or very you you got used to it, right?
0: Yeah. So it was really, really, really hard. Um, And I don't, I I, I try to not have any regrets about any decisions that I've made. I I believe that it's silly to to look at the past and wish we could have done something differently. We did things the way that we did to learn a certain lessons and we would not be in this moment right now. Like any little thing changes. I think Joseph Campbell has like, if you say no to anything in your life, the entire thing unravels. So if you look back and try and change anything in your past, like you you would not be in the same... So you can't hold everything else constant. So I don't have any regrets. And yet when I look back at how much time I spent as a trader, um, I knew that I should have left long before I actually did. I didn't have the courage to enter the unknown to follow the hero's journey myth. I had a sense when I was entering that industry, like, let me let me stay here for five years Let me make boatloads of money, so much money that like I never have to worry about money ever again. And then let me go figure out what I actually want to do with my life. Um, And as that five-year mark kind of approached and then passed, I found myself getting not like depressed, but deep sadness. And I didn't know why. And it was because I had this idea that I'd only spend five years in this industry um, and then go do something else. And then between you know the 5 years and i think it was it was maybe 8 8 or 9 total um, as a trader i had this sense of this is not this is not what i'm what i'm meant to be doing this is not my i'm the best in the world at this i was around some individuals who that was what they were the best in the world at and i was drawn to that essence of like someone who's truly doing what they're meant to be doing and they're doing it at really 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 high level and i was excited to learn from them how to do that at a really really high level but I stayed around in, in that industry longer than my um, soul kind of wanted me to. And it was hard to leave because beautiful, sexy job title, ton of money, like great hours. Like it was checking all the box. My parents were proud of me having this or I thought they were proud of me having this, you know, whatever. And it was, it was in the language I now know of. It was an extrinsic goal. It was meeting a lot of extrinsic goals. Boxes. And it wasn't actually in alignment with my intrinsic goal, in alignment with what I, what I want to do with my life individually. So I was caught in this extrinsic motivation, title, wealth, etc., cetera, um, and didn't know what, what else I could do. Didn't know what, what, where else my path might take me. And what I actually changed it was um, a book. The book was called Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler. Really? Which
1: I just finished reading it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great... I mean, I've got it over there on the shelf. You know, Steve Chandler it's has great. Been in our, It's a great book. He's been in our coach certification program. Um, we love Chandler. And, and, and a lot of my own... Almost my entire coaching practice individually was built just based off what I read in that book. And the thing that it did for me um, was... Shift how I thought about what a coach could be from a business side of things and really made it less about sales, less about pushing a service on someone, less about like anything other than can you support people? Can you have relationships? Can you connect with people, support them in their goals um, and create a structure around that, that that supports that person in getting the things that they want? So. I read that book, it just made sense to me. I was like, oh, what? The, the, one, the people do this, you can do this. And two, like, this makes complete sense to me. I had been in that role many times as as a you know, in a non-paid capacity, oftentimes on a like repeated basis. Um, and that book kind of shifted. Something clicked in my brain of like, wow, there's there are Alternate pathways, alternate professions that feel more in alignment with who I am in my core that will allow me to take all of the things that I've been learning on my own. Um, one of the typical things we get wrong with success is we see, see someone like become successful and we assume like it's an overnight thing, right? Like, oh, they, they just showed up. And many people who saw my coaching journey were like, oh, he just like started and was successful. Like he started coaching. You know, I had the six-figure practice within, like, early part of my second year at our, like, and that was a a threshold I set for myself, self-sustaining for, like, year one, like, very, very early success. But what people didn't see is that I had been working on myself almost the entire time that I was trading. I wanted to show up at a high level of performance. I was showing up as a leader for the teams that I was leading. And I was taking all of this wisdom that Brian had shared in the Philosopher's Notes and the Plus Ones and just studying it and practicing it and coaching myself, coaching those around me day in and day out for almost a decade before I actually hung my sign on the door that says, I'm now offering coaching services professionally. So there was a lot and lot of work that went into it. Um, and then again, eventually that that bringing it back to your question, like that soul's calling of this is not it, this is not it, this is not it. Um, at some point was like, time to, to make the shift out of, out of finance and into, into something that, that really lit me on fire.
1: Was there any specific moment when the courage overcame the fear? Because it sounds like the fear was dragging you.
0: Yeah, so um, not from me, from something else. So I, the morning that I, that I decided to leave finance um, was a mutual conversation with the people at my company. And I had had a dream the night before. So keeping the story a little bit shorter, my wife at the time was out of town on business. She'd invited me to go with her to go skiing. I was managing a ton of risk. Um, I had just stepped into a new product with a book that was like a ton of risk. And I was stepping in to try and manage it. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. I just got a lot on my plate right now. So I told her no. So I'm solo here in Chicago. I had this dream where I'm called into the back office. I'm having conversations with the owners of the company. At first, they're just like livid. They are yelling at me. They are aggressive. They're like, you don't know what you're doing. And this isn't the dream. And I'm sitting there calmly and I say, well, here's what I'm seeing. This is what I'm doing. And explaining my rationale, talking through how I'm approaching this, you know, a lot of risk. And they're like, oh, perfect. Good, great. And by the end of the dream, they were like, you are crushing it. You're doing exactly what we would want you to do, exactly how we would do it. Well done. But I didn't often have dreams like that. And just like, there's like a weird, just a weird energy. So I woke up, I went to boxing because I like to get my movement on. Went to the title boxing gym, hit a heavy bag for an hour, come back. And the elevators in my building are broken. I'm in the lobby hitting up. The elevator is not coming. It's stuck on 15. The other one's not opening. So I got to climb 27 flights of stairs up to my apartment. It takes a little bit. Puts me off my, like, very regimented schedule that I have in the morning. So I'm a little bit late. Um, I meditate on the bus on the way to the office. I typically grab coffee, like, grab a Starbucks. And I was like, you know what? Something tells me I'm going to get a chance to get a coffee later today. Um, Stopped in the back office on my way to the desk. Had a conversation with um, uh, one of the individuals there. And then we decided, like, it's time for me to go on a different path. So – I felt this this weight lift after having made that decision, but I didn't. I didn't. I feel like I I did not unilaterally have the courage to do it on my own. I had to get this like this nudge from from the universe. So, um, uh, yeah, I feel like it was a gift.
1: It was indeed a gift, and it's interesting because maybe that is the opportunity that you needed. That the, uh, you mentioned it. it's a gift that the universe gave you because you were already prepared to do something. And within you said one year, two years, your your career took off. So let's talk about uh, how how this transition happened into leadership and peak performance coaching. What does that yeah. mean for, for the audience?
0: You know, I actually pause for a moment longer around. Um, I think it's a really important. It's important an important thing. This this transition period where. In finance, it is it is a it is an in and out industry, right? To be to be there for eight or nine years, like I was, and I was I I developed a curriculum, so I was in charge of training new people that came in. Um, I wrote a book that was delivered on the iPad. It was like an options trading book, trading the curve. It was we never published it externally. It was an internal. We used it for all, all the new traders would come in and go through this program. I taught it, and then I taught the teachers who then taught it, so I didn't have to do it, even though they were using my curriculum. Um, so I had like a long career, but it's it is it is the typical turnaround in the industry is like one, two, three years. It is very quick in and out. And when you're taking a lot of risk, there's a lot of, of of transition. And the energy that most people have when that transition point happens is often fear or uncertainty. What's next? What am I gonna do? This is terrible, right? I, I, I don't have this job anymore is one of like the big fear inducing things that people will go through or I don't have this relationship anymore whatever. these big changes and you can either feel bad about what, what has changed, right? Like look back, was like, oh, I wish it, something had gone differently or use it as an opportunity to look forward to the future. Um, and I felt such excitement and enthusiasm for perfect what's next. Like, what do I want now with my life? actually went and um, continuing the story. I went to a diner around my house. I brought a journal, got some coffee there, and I wrote at the top of my journal, what do I want? Simple question. What do I want? Four words, right? And it's a really hard question to, to answer, particularly thinking about our life as well. Like, what do I want in my life? I don't know. And I was Questioning, do I want this because my parents want this or society tells me I want this? And just I probably filled four, five, six pages just trying to answer that question, what do I want? But it it was a shift from what might have been different in the past to like what, what can I do going forward? So that transition, it was really easy. Like I followed what I had learned in this process, like reach out to folks, have conversations with folks see if there's an opportunity for me to support them professionally, make a proposal for what that professional engagement might look like. And I think I had, by the end of that first week, a couple of paying clients. By the end of that first month, I'd netted enough um, kind of in the bank to know that I could spend the next several months at least, like pursuing this as a a viable um, path forward. I had done very early on a quick budget on like, what's the minimum I need to bring in? from this business in order to be able to continue pursuing this business. And that became my target. Perfect. Can I get six months of that minimum? How quickly can I get to that number that gives me a little bit of breathing room to then like continue to push forward? Um, And, you know, had those conversations reached out to folks, got great referrals from, from people that have knew me. I said, you know, Hey, I'm doing this thing now. Most people were like, perfect. I've been waiting for this. Let's, I'd love to chat about what that might look like. If that wasn't the case, I would ask for a referral. Hey, you know, I'm really looking to build my skill set here. Anyone that you can think of introducing me to, I'd love to have conversations with. I wanted to have a, a broad impact. And so leaders was a, is a natural kind of place to fall into. I'd always been a leader in organizations um, and I'd, I'd studied it very deeply. So I had this combination of experience and wisdom um, that was able to apply. I was able to support individuals with and it, it became a very natural natural thing because I'd spent so much time working on it myself, right? Again, it's not that overnight success. It is a 10 years plus studying and doing and learning and, and figuring it out and then kind of sharing that. And I don't know if you want to go to the fast forward to, to to, to coach and, and optimize and heroic, but that's, that's that initial transition,
1: let me even ask, let's go even back in time to those 10 years. How did those 10 years start? What, what led you to that path?
0: I was a kind of a knowledge junkie. So I started when I left school. was amazing. All, all through college, it was like, I had this deep curiosity for the world and how it worked. And so I, would, I, was, I, I loved learning things. Um, Love of learning is one of my top virtues. I just love learning. School fed that. Um, I I majored in economics, behavioral economics, but economics and then with additional on psychology. And it's a pretty like economics is, you know, the science of common sense, etc. And psychology is how does the brain work. And I supplemented that with stuff like the philosophy of time and the science of quantum mechanics, or the science of time, the philosophy of quantum mechanics, like deep theoretical physics, like trying to wrap my brain around what is this shared experience that we are in. And when I graduated and got into finance, that that intellectual curiosity was still there. So I started searching for how might I fuel that. And I took maybe 100, 200 different courses on Udemy and uh, edX and Coursera, all the different online learning platforms, everything from astronomy or learning how to learn to productivity to like spreadsheet wizardry, like across the spectrum. And then got into the speed reading. Let me read as many books as I can. I actually taught speed reading um, to other people because I was like so hungry for knowledge. And then I found Brian and it was like, I, I thought this would take me a lifetime to learn all the things that I'm excited to learn. And Brian helped me do it way 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 faster and the the other thread that was kind of pulling me that made me know that finance wasn't wasn't the perfect thing. I've always been confused about like why can't human beings get along like i I, I love our I love being alive I love our planet it is a beautiful planet um I know that if we can pause long enough and like zoom out, not even like too too far to recognize like we're surrounded by mostly not life in the grand scheme of things. So like life is awesome. We are the most evolved form of life. One, one might suggest, why are we our own worst enemy? Like, why are we killing one another and hurting one another? Like, why can't we get along? What what does world peace look like? And I was, it was a naive and it still is in some ways a naive, unformed opinion, but I had the sense that we have far more in common across our backgrounds than, than we have in different, um, religion was a big piece of this as well. I, I knew that religion, different beliefs about a higher power, drove a lot of conflict, was maybe one of the biggest sources of um, death over over the you know the past several millennia, whatever it is, of different belief systems. And to me, that blew my mind. Like, if you believe in a higher power, that's saying life is good, Then how do you so quickly say like, no, no, only life that believes in that certain higher power? Like that just seemed like a categorical should not happen. So I was excited to study these different wisdom traditions, right? These different spiritual traditions. I I was raised Catholic, um, Roman Catholic, and I had some beautiful, powerful moments in that institution and also enough to know like there's other ways of looking at things. And I started getting Buddhism and Confucianism and Taoism and Islam and across the spiritual traditions. What are these shared truths that everybody says is important? And like, I, I'm pretty sure if you get to the root of things and are willing to have an open mind, they're saying be a good human. And like killing other humans and killing the planet should be not a good human. So like, let's find that common ground. Let's embrace the beauty and the joy of life. And let's see how we can... Um, use all of our gifts, all of our strengths in service of creating that that better world. and and bringing that back to so that's kind of the ten year journey which just what led me down this this path. but bringing it back to the to the leadership coaching and to um supporting the most powerful institutions, I believe um are or corporations, our businesses. Um, it is the flow of resources around the world. and, You know, you've got the the politics that are always kind of evolving. But my understanding per economics is that resources flow to where they're wanted or where they're asked for. And businesses are helping to allocate and flow resources around the world. And so I wanted to help the individuals who were controlling a lot of the flow of a lot of these resources, Right. Institutions are collections of human beings coming together with a single purpose, whether that's under a government or under uh, a business or under a nonprofit, multiple people coming together. How can we do that in an empowered, positive way? And so I was excited to um, take some of those things that I'd studied and learned about and help individuals who are leading large groups of people controlling the flow of large amounts of resources to make decisions that are um have a higher likelihood of, of creating a positive long-term success.
1: I'm starting to, to understand all the influx and all the different sources of what shaped your mind, right? So, and, and it, this is interesting, Michael, because many people, they 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 just get overwhelmed by the idea of their own curiosity be, becoming an enemy instead of an ally. But instead, in your case, the curiosity was the fuel was the ally Obviously, with the strategies so that you do not become overwhelmed by that, but instead you use it. What is a, a, a common a common, let's put it this way, a way to manage the curiosity through that vast amount of amount of, of areas. How did you use to manage that?
0: Um, I never felt that it was something that well, I'll, I'll take that back. The only time I became overwhelmed by it was when I was holding myself against a certain set of standards. For needing to complete a certain number of courses or read a certain number of books. These like, these like external factors of, that demonstrated I'm making progress on my curiosity, right? That, and I am like, oh, I only read five books this month instead of six. And I said I wanted to read so whatever the silly, like arbitrary goal was. But in general, um, I was always just driven by this, this excitement to learn more. You know, I don't know who's who's the uh, Socrates or which one was was like put to death. I think it was Socrates, but because it's like I I know more because I know that I know nothing. Right, I'm the person who is willing to admit their naivete, and when it, when we're in the face of literally infinite knowledge, infinite things that we can know. And we're measuring ourselves against not knowing all of that, we're always going to lose. But if if the excitement is a little more, a little more, a little better, a little better, a little better, it shifts it to being always on the losing side of things to always on the winning side of things. And it's the same way that, that we teach to approach, um, you know, life in general, optimizandome. You optimize yourself little by little by little by little by little. It's not about reaching that state. It's about can I each moment... Just show up a little better. Show up a little better. Show up a little better. Never perfect. Going to get in arguments. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to say things that I regret. I'm going to have all these mistakes. Perfect. I'm not infinitely like wise. Nobody is. I'm not infinitely like dialed in and conscious all the time. Nobody is. But can I strive to get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better? Um, and... That same approach applied to my my intellectual curiosity. I'll share a story because I know you're there's you know you have a, a very beautiful, powerful kind of intimate um, setting here, and asking questions that are that are off the beaten, the typical story structure. But um, I was a multiple multiple sport athlete growing up, um, and still kind of am a multiple sport athlete, but not in an official context as much as I was growing up and I remember um, in playing American football um, and talking with my dad after practice one day and he said hey I was watching you do some drills and there are these these drills where that you know the coach puts his thumbs left or right and you do this like seat roll kind of thing you got to respond to the direction they tells you to go and do this thing
1: like just <laughs> yeah
0: and, and and my dad's like you know it looked like you were You know, literally trying to do the best every single time. Like you wanted to to do the best you could every single one. And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Always do that. Like no matter what you're doing, always try to do the absolute best that you can. Doesn't matter what other people are doing. Doesn't matter what position you have relative to others. But always make sure that you are giving your absolute best in every task that you're going after." Um, And that really it was it was such a powerful piece of advice to get as a kid. And I don't, I mean, I was probably fourth grade. So, you know, was I maybe 12 or something? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what age different grades are, but I was, I was a, old enough to understand it. Um, but, and, and young enough for it to have a, a big impact. And that's, that was just kind of the approach that I took to everything. Um, I have different language for that now, right? I've got a tattooed on my forearm. Arte, like be the best you can moment to moment to moment at everything that you're doing. The little things matter. We think it's the big things that are important, but the big things are made out of the little things. It's how we show up to each little thing. We're never, you know, uh, half giving it half effort. Everything matters. Every, every single interaction matters. Every little opportunity that we're getting to show up, um, we want to take advantage of it. So I, I heard that piece of advice. Early on, right? Don't compare yourself elsewhere, but but make sure that you're always bringing your own best. Um, that also helps shape that that ten years and beyond trajectory.
1: Now, what is in this in this path of, of personal growth? What are the mistakes that you see that or? Are- Roblox, even mental Roblocks that you see in other people when they are trying to say, "I'm going to become the best version of, of myself," right? And suddenly, two months later, or like in, in the gym situation, in January, I'm going to start. Then. Yeah. So this
0: this is where I transition to a little bit more um, standard kind of response in the context of I'm I'm really really excited about how Brian has articulated these mistakes um, in basic training, which is in our our heroic app, in our heroic coach programs, is our 300 day scientifically proven program. And we systematically walk through basically, what are the things that most people get wrong? And what can we do instead? Starting with most of us are playing the wrong game. And this is the game that I was playing back when I was a trader. It was the wrong game. Extrinsic fame, wealth, hotness, success, whatever it was. Um, Society is kind of encouraging us to play that game. I'm going to go to the gym so that I can get a great body or, or whatever the different pieces. Those extrinsic measures of success, even if we are successful at getting them, lead to lower emotional stability, lead to lower psychological happiness. And I got to experience that firsthand. and was angry, like, I've checked the boxes world. Come on, why am I not happy here? Um, it was because I was playing the wrong game. The real game, as we would say, and as, as we teach in depth, ancient wisdom, eudaimonia via arte, modern science, put your virtues into action so that you can flourish. So can you express the best version of yourself moment to moment to moment to moment? Can you live with these shared virtues of all of ancient wisdom and modern science, wisdom, self-mastery, courage, love, hope, gratitude, curiosity, and zest. If you do that moment to moment to moment to moment, you will generally be happy. If you focus on the wealth, the fame, the followers, whatever it is, you are less likely to be satisfied. Um, And it doesn't mean that those things are inherently bad, right? Like If given the option, I would prefer to have more wealth than less wealth. If given the option, I would prefer to have more influence than less influence and and be in better shape than less better. But we want those to be a byproduct of how we're showing up rather than the sole focus and the thing that we're going after. So most people are playing the wrong game. Um, That would be one mistake that's common. The second mistake that's common is we think that if we're experiencing challenge, if we're experiencing uncertainty or anxiety, or we're failing or making mistakes, that it means something's wrong, that it means that we're approaching things the wrong way, or that we're a failure, or we're not perfect. But we encourage the exact opposite, how to have anti-fragile confidence, which means the more life kicks you, the stronger you get. You can be fragile, a fragile thing gets kicked and it breaks, Better than being fragile is being robust. Something that's robust, you know, it'll stick around. You can kick it a lot. It'll hang out. But eventually, like, it will also get weaker and eventually break. Anti-fragility is the more you kick me, the stronger I get. The more obstacles I face, the stronger I am as a result of them. So when we are experiencing a failure, a setback, when we are feeling anxiety, when we're feeling frustration, those are signs that, one, we are at the edge of our comfort zone. We are experiencing discomfort, which by definition does not feel comfortable, but that is how we grow. I've got, if you see here, there's a styrofoam weight there. My, da- my daughter's got these styrofoam weights. for her. So there, I've got some, these are Bowflex 1090s, adjustable between 10 and 90 pounds, but I've also got the styrofoam weight. So you don't go to the gym to lift styrofoam weights, right? And when you go to the gym, you're lifting weights that are At the edge of what you can lift, because then it breaks down your muscle fiber and you get back stronger. So we want to take that same approach to life. When life challenges us, when we are feeling like, it's a sign that we have the potential to grow. It's a sign that we're right there where we need to be to grow. And when we make that mistake, when we make that failure, when we fall short, it doesn't mean that we're terrible human beings or that we're not perfect or um, whatever, It means we've got an opportunity to learn. We've got an opportunity to grow. We've got an opportunity to get better. And we can either succeed at life, right? We win or we learn from the things that didn't go well. And by learning, we win. So shifting from I've got to get things perfect. I'm never going to make mistakes. I'm never going to feel anxious. I'm never going to feel worried. I'm never going to have arguments with my partner, whatever it is, to when those things happen, knowing that we have what it takes to use those as an opportunity to get stronger in the argument with your partner context perfect you care about something a lot and they care about something a lot and let's make sure that you're both resourced you've got a good night of sleep you're you're well fueled you got your workouts in if you're a newborn parent and some of those are off the table perfect figure out a way to get like some sort of nap in or workout whatever it is but then recognize Just because you're in conflict doesn't mean that that there's anything wrong with the relationship. It means you have an opportunity to grow closer. You have an opportunity to deepen your connection. Um, So um, that would be the second general thing that I think most folks get wrong um, that we we offer an alternative for. The third thing would be getting overwhelmed with all the possible ways that we can grow, all the possible things we could do in our life, right? Um, Infinite roles and goals. Uh, or categories of improvement, right? I want to be this and, this and 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 this, and I read ten books here and fifteen books here, and take this course here, and be successful at all these different things, and like somehow make forty-eight hours appear in a twenty-four-hour day. Um, we encourage folks to simplify it: energy, work, and love. If you get your energy dialed in, zest is the number one virtue, most highly correlated with well-being, so that you are have a vitality, have a life force, have an essence for life. And we all know what we could be doing to be a little bit more energized, the unsexy, mundane, eating, moving, sleeping, breathing properly in through the nose, down just in the diaphragm, back out through the nose, and learning how to focus our mind, focus our attention with meditation. Most of us know the things we could be doing to get our energy a little bit more dialed in. Are we actually doing them, yes or no? And then um, work and love, right? What's my creative contribution to the world? And who are those people that I care most about, including myself, including my friends and family, extending to my community, the broader world at large. So going from all the possible things we could focus on into energy, work, and love, simplifying it um, would be another challenge most people make. Um, and then could go on and on and on. But we, this is exactly what we cover. And you're like, yep, that's exactly what we cover in the coach program and the basic training. Oh, We've I got because I'm there. there. <laughs> yeah. And... and You know, another thing um, I know a lot of habits folks think about and get into of like, what's the perfect AM routine? How do I, you know, get the AM routine dialed in? We actually teach, well, start the night before. Today started last night. So what's your PM routine look like? Are you turning off technology? Are you getting into bed at a good time to get a great night of sleep? Um, And then going deeper into, you know, the habit one's actually interesting. So most of us think that using um willpower is something that we could like oh i don't have willpower oh i'm really bad at at sticking to my habits or whatever it's not you it's the environment so the great willpower exemplars use it to play offense not defense i'm not going out and buying a, a box of a dozen donuts and leaving them on the counter and walking by saying like not gonna eat a donut not gonna eat a donut not gonna eat a donut One, because I know if I actually bought the box of donuts, I would eat all of them. Like if they were sitting on a counter, I would eat all of them. And two, because I'd rather just not buy it at all, not have it in my space that I'm not even thinking. I don't even have to use my willpower. So if I use my willpower at the store, um, if I make it really easy to win, right, put my shoes out and say, I'm going to win the exercise game if all I do is put on my shoes and go out the front door. And that's a win knowing that perfect. If I actually have my running shoes on, I go out the front door, like I'll probably go for a little jog. Maybe it's a long jog. Who knows? But setting the bar so low that we get ourselves in motion and build on consistency rather than perfection of our routine. So again, I could go on and on and on and on and on, but that is some of the most powerful ones. I think most of the um, frames that we tend to have that there's actually an alternate frame that is supported by ancient wisdom, modern science is changes your life once you get it. Um, and that we have done a really, really, really great job of distilling both in our um, premium product and the heroic social training platform, as well as in the, the scientifically proven coach program. Actually, I'll do one more, and this is celebration. So most people think that if we wanna change our behaviors, um, we wanna have like punishments, right? Like, oh, let me punish myself for not doing the thing that's that's wrong. Now, that, spends more time on the things we're getting wrong than on the things that we're getting right. And so we can flip that to say, let me learn to celebrate. Imagine World Cup, game winning, kick the goal, boom, you just won the World Cup for your team. That level of excitement is like, yes, crushed it. If we can create that same level or at least like some version of that, when we do the things that we say we want to do, we're going to teach our brain to look for opportunities to do that thing. Our brain's gonna get a little dope, a little splash of dopamine, some feel good chemicals. It's gonna say, wow, that was awesome. When I just responded from a bid from my three and a half year old daughter, she asked for my attention. I gave it to her. I gave myself a little celebration splash of dopamine. That was sweet. Let me do that more often. When I just experienced that feeling of uncertainty or anxiety, and I responded to it not by shrinking, but by stepping up, taking a deep breath, saying, let's go, I got this. Celebrating myself, I start to look for opportunities to show up as the best version of myself. And this is something that we've built into the app with our target swipe. So we we invite people to commit to who they are at their best, how that best version of them show up, and then what specifically will they do today to live in alignment with that best version of themselves. And after you do those things, you come back to the app and you, you swipe the target. It's this beautiful, fun, like literally addicting in the most positive sense thing to celebrate. Yep. I just did exactly what I said I was going to do. I said I was going to meditate today. I did it. I said I was going to write that report today. I did it. I said I was going to reach out to that client or prospective client today. I did it. I said I was going to go through our inventory management and get things dialed in or do my budget or have the conversation with my partner, whatever it is. And I did it and I'm going to celebrate it. That's like me. I show up and I do the things I say are important to me. I live in line with the best version of myself. But if we can shift and embrace that celebration over and over and over. I do the things that I say I'm going to do. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to teach my brain. Good. More of that. Yes, please. I want to do more of that. Such that we're actually doing the things that we know to be best for us. And we've hacked our own internal reward systems to help us do the things that are more in line with the best, most heroic versions of ourselves. I know. I just went wow. like off there.
1: <laughs> this, I, I, I have so many notes. The first one, when you when you talked about the, the that so many people get um, on the wrong game they're playing the wrong game right it reminded me of uh, trying to chase for for fame and fortune etc but it's like trying to eat popcorn it doesn't matter how much how much popcorn you get you're not going to f- get get fulfilled or satisfied right so we're trying to get more and more on that instead of focusing on something that really nourishes us so that was that was the first one that i got there then now let me let's get start getting into heroic slash optimize um arena. Now, let's tr- translate for the audience. What does euthemia via arite mean, please?
0: Yeah, so um, eudaimonia is a Greek word. It's made up of eu, Eudaimonia. you um, means good. Daimone means soul. That inner, you'd use the word conscious or conscience or inner pilot light or spirit, right? Good soul. Eudaimonia literally translates as Good soul. It's the feeling that we get when we are living in alignment with that highest version of ourselves, with that best version of ourselves. Arte, another Greek word, typically translates as virtue or excellence. Actually, has this deeper, deeper meaning of expressing the best version of ourselves, moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. To moment. So when you when you have an idea of what the highest version of you might do, and it's not it's not always perfect. It's not like do this. Sometimes just like a little inner nudge of, you know, that person looks like they could use a hand or, you know, I haven't talked to this person in a long time or, wow, that's a really attractive person over there across across the restaurant and I'm, I I really like to have a conversation with her. Um, or I just said something that I feel hurt that person. I might want to apologize. These little impulses, this little intuitive hit of, of this way, not that way. When we're able to listen to those and then put those into action to follow that moment to moment to moment. So it's not just this impulse that then dies, but this impulse that we say, yes, I'm willing to bring that into the world. I'm willing to apologize to that person or have that conversation or go help that person or put on my gym shoes and get out the door for a run or whatever it is. When we hear that highest version of ourselves and we put it into action, we experience that sense of eudaimonia, good soul via Arte, expressing that best version of ourselves moment to moment to moment. I've got the reminder here on the forearm. Brian's got it as well. And, and Brandon Guy, our Arte brothers, uh, got that tattoo there as a reminder, best version of yourself moment to moment. Never perfectly, but always, um, always striving to be a little bit better. The, the English translation often is flourish, uh, which is, is what positive psychology has adopted. To flourish means the same thing. Eudaimonia. Can you be more energized, productive, and connected? And how do you do that by putting virtues into action, moment to moment to moment to moment to moment? Um, everyone has felt this, but everyone has felt the sense of eudaimonia. So we don't we don't achieve this state of like living as a eudaimone, like living as a good soul once and for all. It's this moment to moment thing, and and when we think back on our greatest moments, so think back on some of the moments you're most proud of in your life, that was you experiencing this sense of eudaimonia. And many of those moments, I would venture a guess to say, included some challenges, included some hardships. Life was throwing you some curveballs, but you were still willing to show up and still willing to embrace them. And some of the things I'm most proud of include some of the things that were most scary, but I was willing to embrace it and to go through it. And so it's not this sense of, um, you know, sitting on the beach, drinking funny drinks with, with umbrellas and them, although awesome if that's, you know, a couple times a year ago experience it like feed up, whatever, but that's not the essence of a good life. It's going to involve challenges. And so this sense of eudaimonia, true flourishing includes everything in life, the challenges, the hardships. The beauty, the pain, the joy. We're willing and excited to embrace it all. And then in the midst of all of that, try to do our best. Again, never perfectly. We're never gonna get there, but we're committed to at least trying. Can I can I follow that intuitive voice of that feels like it's guiding me towards more love, more connection, more positivity? Um, that that essence of myself. And again, when I was in that later. Part of the trading career, like I was not following that voice, which is what led to a lot of this sadness. I was not listening to the highest, best version of myself. I was like, "No, self, keep yourself quiet. Like I'm good here. I'm, I'm, I've got a good thing going." But eventually, you ignore it for long enough, and um, well, you can ignore it definitely at your own peril. Um,
1: but what is, is so in that in that in that note, Michael? Um, what is a curveball that that it was? thrown up to you? What is this um, probably experience of failure? Let's, let's call it that way that ended up becoming something super valuable, a learning and a growth experience.
0: I can answer for, for myself and I will, but I think the important thing is we've all got, we've all got these things, yeah. right? Like it could be a, okay. a, a diagnosis for a disease. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the yeah. loss of a, of a job. It could be um, whatever it is. I'll give a couple quick quick examples. One of which was I, I had a lot of, my mom's got a huge family and we experienced a lot of premature deaths in her family. So I lost very young aunts, uncles, um, and had to be around death, you know, really early on and, and, and multiple times in, in, you know, kind of uh, what was a really close family circle. And to see, to feel that loss of life and to see, to experience like how short life is and can be um, made me just appreciate it and, and commit to honoring it in a really deep and profound way. Onto the complete other side of the spectrum where it's like my first coaching client canceled on me within an hour of saying, like, yes, let's do this. What? So it's, like, it's like it's like that could have been, you know, I'm I'm euphoria. Yes, it actually I can do this, like this is gonna work. To oh my gosh, this is gonna be a <laughs> like perfect. You know what I did? I I okay. What happened there? What changed? How do I how do I learn how to how to approach this kind of thing? I called my coach at the time. Hey, first client said yes, and then he said no. You know why he said no? Because the moment he said yes, I was like energetically no, no way. He's not going to pay me for this. Wow. this. Is crazy, and so I, I'm sure he could felt feel that energetic shift. So he said no, and then I learned and I I, I grew from that. Of okay, perfect. What are the things that that when people are excited about this, but they have reservations, what typically holds them back? And I learned how to have conversations about that. And it made me better going forward at having conversations about creating new business in the coaching context. I broke my leg to do, bring it, I'll go energy, work, and love, right? (laughs) The big three again. I broke my leg um, playing soccer. I should not have been playing soccer. I'd already worked out a couple of times and I'm not a great soccer player. I'm way better with my hands and my feet. Um, you know, the traditional football. Broke my knee, shattered my tibial plateau. Couldn't walk, couldn't put any weight on it for two months. Um, And was like, ah, you know, people are like, I was, I was early 30s at that, or like late 20s, early 30s. And people are like, most people would just be like, that's it for life. I was like, no, I'm going to get stronger as a result of it. I'm stronger, more powerful now than I've ever been in my life. I ran an Ironman uh after having broken the leg, right? Like not supposed yeah. to do that. I'm like says who? Um that was a curveball. I had to learn how to navigate with the psych- physiological change, the psychology, the psychological change that came from a physiology not being up to par. And it was a curveball, but I but you know, figured it out. So we all have these things. And it's the important mm-hmm. thing is not the curveballs that I have been thrown and mine are minor compared to a lot of things that a lot of other folks have experienced. But it's how do we embrace the ones that we have in our own lives? Do we, do we treat them as like, this is life being angry at me and this is happening to me? Or do we treat it as this is happening for me? What might the gift be in this? We've got a frame we like to use. We got it from um, William Irvine, a professor at uh, Wright State. He's a teacher in stoicism. He says, thank you, stoic gods. This must be a great <laughs> one, stoic gods. Um, whatever your higher power is, what if it were putting an obstacle in your in your path? To help you get stronger, to help you grow from it, what would the gift in that thing be? Thank you. You know, if if you're training for the Olympics, you want to win the gold medal in wrestling or something, you don't want to wrestle people who aren't good at wrestling. You want to find the best possible competition you can to train with because that will make you stronger. And if we know this in a physical training context, then we can apply the same thing to a life training context. I'm training for life. Then if life throws me a challenge, perfect. Awesome. I get to get stronger as a result of this. I'm going to learn how to hit this curveball. I'm going to learn how to recognize it. I'm not going to get fooled by it next time. I'm going to get stronger as a result of it. So again, my personal curveballs I think are less important than this this approach to awesome. Life happens. Perfect. What do I want to do about it? How do I want to get stronger? What's the gift in this? What am I going to do next to move in the direction of the life I want to create?
1: And, and usually I, I tend to do this to ask this question because I, what I'm starting to understand is that what makes a difference between people that overcome any kind of perceived failure is the mindset. In your case, it was fantastic. You summarize it with "Thank you, Stoic gods, right?" And how can I learn from this? But many people maybe ask the wrong question, like you said: "Is why is life throwing this at me? Why me?" And instead of saying, okay, what can I ha- learn from this thing? And
0: again, I'm not perfect at this. I still have moments mm-hmm. of like, um, sure. I would say victim mindset vis-a-vis creator mindset, right? Victim mindset, life is happening mm-hmm. to me. Creator mindset, life is happening for me. Or what do I want? How can I create going forward? I still have these moments. We all do. I have fewer of them now than I used to. But I sometimes think about, and this is another sto- stoic practice, um negative visualization or negative forecasting, like what what would be the the kind of worst case scenario for me? Could I be happy if I was in worst cancer? And for me, it's like uh you know paralyzed, comatose, unable to, to communicate, conscious but unable to communicate with the rest of the world, right? As like well, one I'm not that now. So let me be so grateful that that's not the case. And when I broke my leg, I, I was like angry at people who were walking. Mm-hmm. You know, like I couldn't walk. I was like, I was like, you people in your two feet that can walk, you have no <laughs> idea. It's <laughs> like, just like, like just. And then within like a month afterwards, I was like, I didn't give it a second thought. Like I can walk around everywhere. Right. So just. Thinking, appreciating how good it is um, by remembering how, how how not good it can be, but having this baseline of, of like, could I be happy in these, in these situations that are really, really challenging? And if I can um, have that approach when the only thing that I have is my own mind and my mind is able to help me embrace the situation, then I can also use that same power of the mind no matter what situation I'm going through the way we see the world is literally a reflection of our mind it is not an inherent reality like literally your 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 brain is putting together visual information that you're seeing in your visual cortex in your brain like it, it is it is a weird brain shifting kind of thing but like there's a lot going on and what you're seeing is actually in your head like it is the it is the visual combination of a lot of data that's coming in crazy fun exercise in this and this is getting way off topic, but since we're there, I'll just go ahead and check sight. And, um, so most people know the like thunder and lightning trick, right? You see a flash of lightning, you can count until you hear the thunder. And that gives you a sense of how far away the storm is. <laughs> Light travels faster than sound. Um, it takes time for information to move through space. So visual information travels faster than auditory information. But we don't walk around the world seeing things that are out of like disjointed. Like we see most of the time visuals and sound at the same time because our brain is doing this like micro correction of, yeah, let me create the story that's happening at the same time. Boom. And there is context where, you know, it's, the distance is so short that it doesn't matter. But our brain does this over, over like significant distances. If you have a, um, a group of people, in like a circle, and you have them squeeze hands to like pass messages, you can literally measure the rate of information that it, like, like the amount of time that it takes for it to go to one hand to the other hand. And it's more than zero, the information takes time to travel. And our brain does lots of weird, crazy stuff to make up a story of coherence, um, hmm. bringing us back the power of, of, of mindset, the power of the way that we look at the world significantly shapes um, how we're going to show up to the world. And it also shapes our physiology. Stress is inherently neutral. If we feel stress, if we see stress as something that's um, bad versus something that's good, something that's a challenge versus something that's like a threat, our body changes its response to that stress. So all of life is neutral. All that we experience out there, one, it's in the past. You can't change it. You might not love it but you can't change it in the past. You can change in the future and you change in the future based on the actions that you're taking right now. And if you're, if your mind isn't focused on that, if your mind isn't, isn't dialed in on what can I do in this moment to show up as the best version of myself to a little bit, little bit, little bit more in alignment with the best version of myself to create that future that I want. If your mind is stuck on, Oh, I shouldn't be experiencing this or, Oh, that's so bad that things are the way they are. You're giving up your creative power to help us shape a better future and a better world.
1: that is a great tool. Uh, Still, are we still good on time?
0: Yeah, we're great. I I realized like we still haven't talked about the fun stuff.
1: (laughs) And yeah, we're getting getting there, we're getting there. So let me ask you actually, two questions that are very related and both of them are related to mentors slash coaches. You mentioned that at that time you had a coach. Do you mind asking who was your coach at that time?
0: Brian has been my coach way longer than he knows he was my coach. <laughs> I was reading his content. I thought I don't need an actual, I don't need to pay an actual coach because Brian is my coach, and I'm learning and growing so much as a result of his content. And I know that so many other people feel that. So um, <laughs> his philosopher's notes, the distillation of the big ideas from the best books, the plus ones, the one on one classes, he was my biggest mentor and coach, and it was, a, it was a one-way relationship. He had no idea who I was, but he was helping me change my life for a long time. That was my favorite resource for personal development, by the way. I spent like multiple thousands of dollars on memberships for myself, family and friends, clients. Anytime I'd work with a client, the first thing I'd do is buy them a membership to this platform so that I could, I could use it in my coaching. Heroic, our new organization, bought that resource and we're now giving it away for free so you can get access to all that life changing like my best Hello. coach ever for free heroic.us um, get access philosophers notes plus ones one-on-ones etc so brian was my coach you know as a result of of the information that he was sharing at some point i also had a little bit of humility and realized like actually hiring somebody will help me grow faster than i can on my own even though i'm growing at just like crazy rates and have this you know wisdom available to me, so um, I recognized a guy. His name was Jacob Sokol um, at an event. I he had taught some some courses I'd taken on coaching, and I was like, "Hey, what's coaching? How's it work?" And I he was one of the people that I was working with at the time that that client, um, you know, canceled, started to, yes, and then canceled it. Um, but I would later understood he he introduced me to a different person, Izzy um, Arkin. Um, who was like, Jacob had worked with a lot because he said, he's like, you were such a high performer. You were just crushing. I had no idea what to do with you. So, so those were the guys that I was working with at the time I have worked. Um, I've gotten a lot of coaching from Brian, you know, as we've been working together, um, at Optimize and now heroic over the past five plus years. Um, I've worked with, um, in small groups with different coaches. I've worked, I've been working with Phil Stutz, um, once a Mm -hmm. week, he and I chat for the past three years. Um, so he's out of LA. He's amazing. Um, my life is, you know, Brian and Phil have probably had the biggest impact on my life outside of uh, my wife. And um, they've just been, been such, such great blessings. So um, at the time, those were the folks. And then, you know, I, I've, I've learned a lot from Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin and uh, Vishen Lakhiani um, and, Jason Goldberg, work with Jason Goldberg as well. So I've worked with a ton of coaches. Um, I, I, I have so much belief in the power of building a solid squad around you to
1: support you in your goals. And
0: I feel blessed to have, have, have been shaped and influenced by so many of uh, great coaches.
1: Now, let me tie in the, the second part of the question. And that is, you had Brian as your main source of, of uh, motivation or optimization. How did you get into working, actually con- connecting with him and saying, hey, we're, we're here. I, I am here. I'm Michael. Because many people, they will say, no, he's too far away or anyone that we, that we admire to or look up to, right?
0: So the, the connection, that there's, there's, there's my personal connection story with Brian and how that came to be. And then there's the higher level. How do we approach people? And the answer mm-hmm. to that question is we're all humans. Like, we're all human. Say thank you. If someone had an impact on your life, say thank you. Write them a letter of thanks. If you have, if you see them, you know, out in the wilderness, out in the wild, like, say thank you. Jacob, who I mentioned, um, we, we were at WDS. I had gotten a ticket to WDS because I won to start a blog challenge that Scott Dinsmore hosted at Live Your Legend. Scott um, unfortunately passed away, um, searching for for you know on his own adventure. He was around the world backpacking with his wife. Kind of tragic hiking accident um he had a huge influence on me he had a course called how to connect with anyone the clip notes versions are be a good human and serve people try to add value to people's lives so um i'd won this ticket to wds i saw uh jacob on this run and i recognized him and i practiced the three second rule if you see someone you want to have a conversation with you got three seconds to go start the conversation, or you've lost. You won't, you it's unlikely that you sit there and work up the courage. To th- like, no, just you feel the impulse to go, put an action in. So I said, Hey Jacob, thanks so much. You know, I, I I took part of this course, I recognized you, and just want to say thank you so much for the impact that you've had. Um, it's been phenomenal. And that started a conversation. Um, with Brian, um he did a live event in 2017 called Hero Training 101. And I went to that live event. I said, hey, I'd love to help you grow. Um, I've got my own coaching practice. I'm not looking to get paid. I just, you have had such a tremendous impact on my life. I would love to do anything I can to help spread your work in the world because I think the world's going to be a better place when more people have access to it. Told him thank you. Showed him some of the notes that I've been taking um, on his work. Um, I used to draw pictures of all the plus ones. But just said thank you and said, how can I help? I want to help. Let me help. And did it hustled for a long, long time without getting paid. Not because I, I cared about anything other than how do I help this person's influence grow? It has he has had such a profound impact on me. Um, and truly it was like such a, a, a committed, heartfelt human being that was willing to bridge all these gaps. I thought the world would be a better place if more people have access to this content. How can I help? How can I help that happen? And so hustle behind the scenes. So I, I he, he's like, talk to Evan, who was the COO at the time. Um, I was like, Evan, how can I help? I'm here. I'm ready for you. Tell me what you like. Whatever needs done, I'll do it. And then they would have little odds and ends that needed done. Uh, tagging content or organizing content or putting together this corporate program or whatever it was. And because I had studied everything um, and demonstrated that, I, I put together some notes from that first workshop because I was like, I like putting together notes. Like, let me let me synthesize the ideas I heard. Let me share with the community, you know, not as anything other than like, here's my notes if they if you find them helpful, not, you know, like build my news list or whatever. It was like, here's, here's my notes, have fun with them. And then it's tried to add value to the community. They had a, a social network at the time. I would post, I would comment, I would like. I was just excited to be a part of it and willing to hustle and grow the mission. And when it came time to launch Coach in 2019. Brian had, had known my background, um, seen that I'd been you know excited to just help, help grow things and do whatever it took. And he reached out and was like, hey, I'm launching this Coach program, um, want to chat about you potentially helping, uh, helping put it together. And that led to what's now our program. Over 12,000 folks have gone wow. through from 115 countries around the world. Um, I thought at first that I would literally just be like behind the scenes. Um, kind of supporting. And then the first, he's like, you know, Michael, I like you better up here. I like interacting, like keep, keep yourself on camera. And then it became, <laughs> you know, do the practice videos. Um, and so I had the opportunity to really, really compliment um, what Brian does in the theory um, with, with these practice videos. And yeah, so that, that was, that, was that, that conversation. I just wow. continued to try and outperform my contract. More than anything else though, it, it's, I try and live this stuff. And I'm I'm not, I'm so far from perfect, but I I truly try to live this stuff moment to moment to moment, day in and day out. Whether it's at my role, you know, here at Heroic as a head coach and chief of staff, at whatever needs done, let me do it to the best of my ability. Whether that's as my role as a a husband to my wife or a father to our two beautiful daughters or as an aspiring athlete of life. This morning was a long walk. Yesterday we crushed some some heavy weights, slinging some weights around the gym. Strive Village, shout out. Chicago, love that place. Hitting the heavy bag, whatever it is. Like, can I, can I do my best to show up this moment as best version of myself? Can I know the game that I'm playing? Some would say that's wisdom. Can I know what's within my control, what's not within my control? Can I have the self-mastery to actually play that game well today? Structural discipline right? My habits, routines, reactive discipline. Someone says something and I'm intentionally responsive. I'm not triggered and responding from a place of anger. Um, An expansive discipline. I can grow moment to moment to moment. Can I have the courage to take action in the presence of fear when I'm feeling that anxiety that, can I be willing to take action, demonstrate, put that virtue of courage into action? Do I have love? Am I connected? Am I present? Am I genuine, generous, encouraging? Do I believe in something greater that connects all of us? And am I willing to try to increase the amount of that positivity resident, that connection flowing in this world, hope, gratitude, curiosity, and such. I'm, I'm more than anything committed to doing that. And I think that, that people see that people feel that so many other people in our community, the exact same way. It's, it's one of the things that I, that I admire and respect most about Brian, his commitment Mm. to striving to be the best version of himself never perfectly and the best version of brian is different from the best version of michael is different from the best version of jj is different from the best version of every single person listening we all have a unique best version of ourselves but can we be universally committed to doing our best to express that best version of yourself so um, i strive to do that um, day in and day out i think that's part of what what has helped me be successful um, in this role that I've been able to, and and feel blessed to be able to play to help help Brian expand um, his impact and our collective impact on the world. You, you, You meet a person who has a potential to change your life in a community of others who are, share your values, share your virtues. And our community includes people from all faith traditions, leaders of all faith traditions. We've got rabbis and imams and pastors and it is, a, it is a super inclusive community, but what we share is this commitment to living with virtue, commitment to trying to express the best version of ourselves, commitment to trying to leave the world a little bit better than we found it, <laughs> right? Moment to moment <laughs> to moment, um, having having a little bit more love um, wisdom, self-mastery, courage, love, et cetera. So I don't know if that was exactly what you were-
1: <laughs> Wow, no, that was, it is because I see you and it, and it is so that your DNA is it's with heroic so let's let's talk a little bit about heroic what is what's the, the purpose of heroic now what are you guys working on
0: yeah well first off if you are still here with us thank you so appreciate you hanging out for so long like this is, this is I'm having and JJ I'm having so much fun Um, just want to celebrate you and appreciate you and, and you know your approach mm-hmm. to this and the Uh, The depth of connection here is really special. But if you're listening, I don't know how many hour plus in here, like, well done, high fives. If you're 2x speed and you're 30 something minutes in, like, well done, high fives. Um, So Heroic's about taking all this stuff and making it accessible. The one thing we aspire to do um, better than anyone else else out there, and certainly at at the most highest level possible, (laughs) is move you from theory to practice to mastery. We all know what we could be doing. Can we actually do it? As good as this podcast is, JJ, your listeners don't need to listen to another podcast. We don't need to read more books. We don't need to watch more TED Talks. We need to actually do what we know we could be doing. And please do listen to more podcasts from JJ. I know are <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but, but. Can we put that theory into practice? Can we put what we know to be true into practice? And we have um, built this app to help us do that. Um, I've been into this stuff for a long time. The past 30 days, having used the app, I'm a better person as a result of it. I've seen my daughter become a better three and a half year old as a result of using it. She's doing things differently. My family's doing things differently. We hired the world's best product design firm. They built um, or helped to contribute to the creation of Slack, Tinder, Uber Eats, et cetera. We wanted to take personal development um, and make it awesome, make it feel good. Not something you're ashamed of, not something you want to hide, but like something you're proud of, the Tesla for personal growth, right? Tesla is amazing. Yeah. Love Tesla. The Tesla personal. And, and so we built this app that helps you move from theory to practice mastery, it helps you take the things you know to be true and actually do them on a consistent basis, um, the kind of heart of practice is a two-step process. In the morning, you will commit to who you are at your best, how that best version of you shows up, and what you're going to do today. We call that identities, virtues, and behaviors, and behavioral targets. And then the second part is go do those things and then come back to the app and celebrate with a swipe. Hit your target, you'll dopamine splash. Um, it, is, it is literally life-changing. We've just got some preliminary research back from a study we're running with um, you know, the highest levels of the positive psychology movement. It is life changing. Um, so, we have built that. We've got social features coming soon. They're going to be dropping in October. So, in addition to um, helping you move from theory to practice to mastery, it's a social training platform. We're on a social component. Um, social media, social technology is incredibly powerful. We, we like to say there's two ways to change your life one is inside out, the other one is outside in. If you hear a big idea, if you hear like a, a piece of wisdom and that changes you from the inside, you're like, yes, boom, I'm going to show up. That's inside out. Some might argue it's actually more powerful outside in. If you are within a community of other individuals who are doing the same thing, it will help you do that same thing. If you are want to run more, join a running group and have other people that are accountable like, hey, you're not here. You said you'd be here. The run's about to start. When are you going to be here? That's outside in. That's the power of community. Be around a community committed to the same ideals. So we've got this inside out um, kind of single player mode in the training. We're adding the social components. Just literally earlier today, got off a call with some of the hi-fi design work. I am so excited for social. Um, taking, I, I, I'll, I, I would pull up my text here from Brian, but I think it's like, it's all the awesomes that I love about social media without any of the ick without any of the hijacking your brainstem. The, the, the point of the app isn't to keep you in the app and keep you engaged in the app. The point of the app is to help you actually be a better person in real life. Help you be more energized than you've ever been before. Help you be more productive and purposeful in your work, whether your work is a traditional job or whether your work is to be a great mother or father or grandmother or grandfather. And then help you be more connected than you've ever been to those people that matter most, right? Your partners, your kids, your friends, your colleagues, whatever it is, move from theory to practice to mastery together as a community today, not someday, today, and be more energized, productive, and connected. Um, The app helps us do that. It's helping me do that. It's taking something that I think was, um, you kind of had to really hunt for, right? And our, our, our goal is to have over a million people on the platform over the coming X years, you know, however long it takes us. But we think that if each of us shows up as the best version of ourselves, we can spread ripples out in the world and ultimately try to create a world in which 51% of the population is more energized, more productive, more connected, is flourishing um, by the year 2051. That's our long-term goal. and The, the app is a way to, to take all the collective wisdom of humanity <laughs> <laughs> over the centuries, over the millennia, and that was actually live it. Day in and day out, mm-hmm. moment to moment to moment to moment to moment, more consistently. We've got a virtue compass in there. Again, ancient wisdom and modern science agree wisdom, self mastery, courage, love, hope, gratitude, curiosity, and zest. We've got a compass that can literally you can use to guide your life. What do I need more now? A little mm-hmm. more courage. Perfect. How can I do that? We've got a whole bunch of step by step tools, processes you can follow in the moment you need it more love, more hope, whatever it is. Um, and then basic training, which is um, Brian's kind of most distilled work. So he's taken over the past 25 plus years, he read thousands of books, condensed 650 of them into these six-page summaries, created 50 of these one-on-one classes, over a thousand of bite bite-sized, optimized plus ones. And he took all of that distilled into a 300-day coach program, and then basic training is like here's the absolute most essential must-knows to show up to life as the best, most heroic version of yourself. Um, that's also part of the Heroic platform. We've got the coach program for those that really want to go deep. It's like, oh, this stuff's good, but like, I'm committed to actually making a change in my life. We'll hold you accountable to eating, moving, sleeping, breathing, focusing, celebrating, prospering, actually doing the things you know you could be doing. That's literally how you earn a certification in our coach program. It's not about, I know this stuff. It's about, I'm doing this stuff. I'm showing up this way day in and day out in my oh. life. Um, so that's the, the quick overview of heroic. The word hero, by the way, does not mean killer of bad guys or tough guy. Hero means protector. A hero has strength for two. Their secret weapon is love. We're called heroic because all of us can be heroes. All of us can show up with love, from love, um, to help create a better world, specifically 51% 2051. But to show up, influence the world in our own minds, influence the world in our immediate family, friends, broader circles, etc. Um and collectively change the world in a really powerful, profound way.
1: That's a great way to describe it and summarize heroic because I know part of what you guys are doing and it's fascinating. The app is then it's like I would say the, is the Iron Man armor of personal development. You have all sorts of tools there, there depending on what you need at, at any time. So I'm super happy that, that we got you here. Now, just to finalize, I, I know we can keep going on for hours, but we all have stuff to do. Let me throw um, a few rapid-fire questions. Let's, let's see how that goes. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Let's see. So, rapid-fire questions. So, uh, what are your daily habits that make the best version of yourself?
0: Oh, too many. Check out my protocol on the app.
1: Yeah. <laughs> got it. Top three.
0: Um, meditate, exercise, journal.
1: Okay, great. Then, uh, what is something that you unlearned over the last month or years that improved the quality of your life?
0: Nobody's perfect.
1: Is that, is that the thing that you learned or unlearned? Oh, learned. And now what is something that you unlearned?
0: Uh... Three-and-a-half-year-olds see the world differently. <laughs>
1: <They're> not- <laughs> okay, you're great. <right. laughs> I think, that, I think that, is, that is a great coach, by the way, to have, probably. Then I have another one here. So from all your, your, and this is from the audience, you're immersed in all of these personal development ideas, theories, and practices. What is your absolute favorite and uh, why quickly? If, or something that you go to all the time?
0: Yeah, set your attention. Start your day intentionally. We've got the the AM commitment process in the app, but like set an intention every single day. Every single day is a new day. What happened yesterday is done. What do you want today to look like? Um, More specifically, commit to who you are, how you want to show up and what you're going to do today to make it a great day.
1: Next one. And I think this is the last one that we get from the audience as well. What is the most challenging thing about training heroes? It's never done it's
0: never done
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's fascinating what you guys are doing because in your story you needed to have coaches to help you in your hero journey and now you are the hero or the, the coach of the next generation of heroes and that is that is beautiful actually well Michael what can we find you and where can we find Heroic on the internet
0: Heroic.us that's homebase base, H-E-R-O-I-C dot U-S. Um, that's where you can find me too. On social, Great. coming soon, October 11th. Great, yeah.
1: And hopefully on the app, we're going to see, we're going to meet on, on the social platform, uh, part of the platform. And lastly, so this is usually a, a question that may take a little bit, but let's see how it goes. It is, if you could leave the audience with a question to expand their minds what would that question be? What do
0: I want? And now what needs to be done?
1: Repeat <laughs> and, and, and move from philosophy or to theory to practice and to master. Michael, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Any last thing? As in words before we we wrap up with this episode?
0: No, you rock. This is amazing. Thanks everyone for listening and thank you, JJ. Have a fantastic day and let's change the world together
1: let's do it thank you michael and to all of you guys family friends thank you for another uh, for sharing time with us with michael bolchan and myself learning about philosophy and discipline and optimization and heroic we're so happy to get you here and to sh- keep sharing not only the knowledge but also all the experiences from this kind of guests if you like this kind of episodes just give me a thumbs up click subscribe and mostly subscribe and share this kind of knowledge. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.